This is the Virgin Radio Pridecast with Alex Milsom and Shivani Dave. It's Friday, which means it's time for another episode of the Virgin Radio Pridecast with me, Shivani Dave. And with me, Alex Milsom. And just in case you've never listened to an episode of the Pridecast before, this is the show where we take a look back through Virgin Radio Pride's Technicolor archives and attempt to continue some of the important conversations we started last summer. And for the next couple of weeks, we'll be talking all about bisexuality. You might remember Nikki Hodson's fantastic Why Bi documentary last year, which explored what it means to be bisexual today. If you missed it, you can catch up on the Virgin Radio Pridecast stream after you've listened to this, of course. How was your week? My week was... it was alright, actually. It's been okay. I went to an event for International Women's Day. Yeah. Happy day to all my international women, which was a bit odd because it was like a, just a real mix, melting pot of people. And I was surprised that there were so many men. And then I was like, wait, men should be able to celebrate women as well. So yeah, I had a bit of a learning moment. Yeah, it appears that you took me on a full like cur- curve there of life. Like That was a full story arc right there. My story from this week was I went to an event like you. However, it's less fun. Um, I went to an event and you know when they give free teas and coffees out of the back? Yes. Like, you know, just, oh, you can go grab a tea or coffee. Um, I did. It turns out they mislabeled the milks. So I was drinking dairy, which isn't very good for me. Um, And needless to say, the day afterwards was spent kind of writhing around in my own bed. Woohoo! Don't we love love lactose and all the joy (laughs) it brings? (laughs) oh yeah that's not great no are you feeling better uh i am feeling okay okay (laughs) should we move swiftly on and talk about bisexuality then yeah that sounds like a good plan let's get the ball rolling we'll kick off with a process which most bisexual people and indeed most people in the lgbtq plus community myself and shivani included would go through in their lives i'm talking of course about coming out But coming out as bisexual can be particularly difficult. Let's have a listen to none other than Miss Great Britain 2020 and 2021, Jen Atkin, on her coming out journey. Um, I was quite a late bloomer in the way of I never really had boyfriends when I was younger or girlfriends. And I never really knew who I was until I had my first girlfriend when I was 13. Um, And at that point, I didn't even consider men as as something that I wanted um at the time all I'd known was was this one girl and yeah that's that's when I knew but because I just you know had this attraction to her I I didn't realize like at the time that that it was a thing it was just who I was and who I liked and I've always just liked to have liked um until I I did come out to a couple of friends at the time I've always been an open person and they were like why are you kissing girls that's really weird and now and I was like you know if you want to kiss someone you you want to kiss someone that's just how it is um and I hid it for a long long time um to myself any of my close friends knew and I mean my, my close friends now are amazing with it and they've they've always known and it was around the age of 14 and I think at that time as well you know puberty's happening and people you know you start seeing people kissing and whatever um yeah it was it was really strange but then I grew up and I sort of got with boys because I thought that's you know what you're supposed to do 
Um, I never talked to my family about it for for quite a few years. It only took me until I was about 21 to open up to my mum. Um, And I was scared because my mum's quite a prim and proper woman. She's very traditional. So is my dad. And I didn't tell her in real life. So I told her over the phone and she just said to me, it's all right, Jen, we've all been there. And I was like, oh, Helen, I never knew that. But she'd never, ever judged me for it. (laughs) And um, yeah, from then on, I've just sort of been quite open with it um, (laughs) in life. Obviously, only recently um, in pageant life. But yes, I've been really lucky with my support system. I can completely relate to that. I am bisexual. And when I came out as bisexual, I was like, kind of confused within myself about what was going on. Like I had this moment of, wait, does this mean I'm gay? Oh no, wait, I'm definitely not gay. Maybe I can just appreciate the same sex. Oh no, wait, it's definitely more than appreciation. It was so confusing. (laughs) And then when you're like presented with this word, you're like, ah, everything makes sense. That's the one. That's the thing that we're going to use to describe it. But it's interesting that, you know, the discussion about people not wanting to, to label what it is. You know, just kind of going, oh, I quite like the idea of being asked, what's your sexuality? And you can just respond with, well, when I want to kiss someone, I kiss someone, which is exactly (laughs) how Jen describes it. Obviously with consent. Yeah, but but you've got to be quite confident to be able to say, when I want to kiss someone, I kiss someone. That is definitely the attitude of a Miss Great Britain. (laughs) Yes. I also think that the thing that Jen describes there, you know, it's all right, Jen. We've all been there about the approaches that some people might have to when you come out for the first time. You know, you've plucked up all that courage and I'm sure it comes from that really nice place in their heart where they're trying to just make you feel normal. And that's all we want, you know, as as queer people or LGBTQ plus people. We want to be normal. But that normalization actually is not really a normalization in a positive way. It's a minimalization of, of what you've just done. You know, you've taken the courage to come out and then all of a sudden it's, yeah, but. I was that way as well. Oh, yeah, like, oh, it's no big deal. Everyone's bi, those kind of tropes where there are, like, obviously theories about things like the Kinsey scale where there is a spectrum of sexuality and everybody is somewhere on this spectrum and has the ability to move across the spectrum. If you're sort of, like, at at one end, you're attracted to... uh, I think it's... I think it's if, if you're at one end, you're attracted to, like, very masculine... If you're at the other end, you're attracted to very feminine and you slide along the scale. But I think now as well as we're like exploring more about gender and identity and presentation and all of these things, that kind of theory has been blown out of the water a little bit. And actually the most accurate statement about explaining sexuality is what Jen said. If you want to kiss someone, kiss someone. (laughs) (laughs) It's such a good description. I think we should just ban the word sexuality, ban people describing their sexuality and just go... Yeah, so I'm not going to ask you what your sexuality is. I'm just going to ask and then just hold up a bunch of pictures and just go, who do you want to kiss of this list? I think that's a better way of describing it. (laughs) Yeah, basically. But also, I know you were saying about how there is that element of normalisation versus minimalisation. But did did Helen come out as bi in that conversation? (laughs) We can't let that go. Helen, what were you up to before, before, you know, all of this today? What do you mean you've been there? I have follow-up questions. <laughs> okay, what, what would be your one follow-up question that you'd ask Helen? 
are you bisexual? <laughs> Actually, no, we've just decided that that word is like not exactly the best because you kiss who you want to kiss. So my question to Helen is, here is a list of people who are all very attractive. <laughs> who on this list do you want to kiss? <laughs> So let's just end the discussions of sexuality because <laughs> who needs it? As we discussed, though, that comment of we've all been there is a really, really interesting one. You know, on one hand, it is really supportive from Jen's mum. But on the other hand, it could be seen as one of the many incorrect stereotypes which bisexual people face. In fact, we'll be talking a bit more about that later. But first, let's have a look at some of the other common stereotypes surrounding bisexuality. And to help us, let's hear from Mandu Reid, the leader of the Women's Equality Party and the first out bisexual leader of a political party in the UK. We're all super promiscuous. That one is a pretty stubborn um, stereotype that we're sort of uh, sexually greedy. You know, we can't make up our mind about whether we're interested in men or women. Um, and we are therefore fickle and it's unwise to trust us. I think those are the major stereotypes. And sometimes those stereotypes go into really dark places. You know, the, the, the assumptions of promiscuity can sometimes lead to people making assumptions about whether or not you have a sexually transmitted disease or whether you're spreading sexually transmitted diseases between communities. That is super offensive. It is super damaging. It's one of the more sort of persistent, stubborn tropes that have kind of clung to bisexual identity. And it's why I will say till the cows come home, the more we kind of just talk and tell the truth about what our lives are really like, the better, I think, the perception of people in our community will actually be. So we've discussed all the stereotypes that, um, particularly around HIV and AIDS, how the stereotypes towards gay people said that, you know, uh, the, the headlines, you know, the gay plague, and now hearing from Mandu on the the idea of bisexual people being labelled as the spreaders of of uh, like you know I I just I I I struggle to believe that that is a term that is being used in today's day and age, and uh, it's just it's a flashback, a throwback to the nineteen eighties. Yeah, I think you know I I would like to think that. Words like spreaders aren't used to refer to anyone today, um, particularly bisexual people. But a lot of the stereotypes that bisexual people experience today are still rooted in the same idea of bisexual people being greedy or promiscuous or indecisive, confused, can't make up their mind. And there are so many stereotypes a lot of which also come from within the LGBTQ plus community. When I was at uni, I joined the RAF reserves, uh, mm -hmm. the university air squadron, and I didn't want to get with anyone. There was this big culture. It was uni. Everyone was getting with each other after a couple of drinks. And I didn't want to get with anyone because I just come out as bi, and I was like, oh, I don't want, I, I don't want to do anything that I'm not sure about because just because I've got this label, I don't want to make any decisions and it's a very close-knit group of friends and I was like oh I don't want to be gossiped about mm -hmm. and in the end at the end of the year I ended up winning the promiscuity prize purely because I'm bisexual I had oh, not got gosh. with a single person 
And obviously, it's like not a real prize. The RAF doesn't spend money <laughs> on <laughs> yeah. prizes like that. It was a sort of like social thing. It was a paper plate award. But it does come from that idea of of all of these stereotypes that are just often completely inaccurate. And if they are true to refer to an individual person, then that's something that they can claim. But it's not for us to say about somebody else. Yeah, I also, you know for very different reasons i won an award at my university swim team for promiscuity but probably for very different reasons in your bisexuality i just were you being promiscuous is that was that the different reason just for clarity um i would prefer to say i lived by the mantra of nelly Furtado, promiscuous in all honesty very good oh, song not man eater no also both um <laughs> <laughs> you know that is frustrating that you are just labelled as a promiscuous person solely because of your because of your sexuality. Like the stereotypes are still alive and and well, even at uni. Yeah. What 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 do you think? Kind of do you reckon that was people's like deliberate like maliciousness, or was it just their misinformation? You know, of not really understanding. Yeah, I don't think it was anyone trying to be mean. I think you know it was them trying to say like, hey, um, let's let's have five minutes of this night where it's all about you and we give you a speech and an award and it, we all cheer and clap for you and it's meant to be a really good time. And at the time I was like, to all my other friends, I went back to halls and I was like, ha ha ha, everyone look at my, my paper plate award, this is so funny. Um, but it's only looking back on it when I'm thinking about why I won that award what could it have been? And it, I mean, don't get me wrong, I have been promiscuous throughout my lifetime at different points, but not in that area of my life and not mm. at that time. And it was a really bizarre series of events that led me to win this award. Um, and that's just such a weird sentence coming out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think it was people trying to be nice. They were trying to have a laugh. They were trying to... I don't think anybody thought too much about it, you know? I on honestly don't think anybody tries to be malicious, but I also don't think anybody thought, is this going to make this person feel good? Mm. I think it was just, you know, uni students being uni students. Of course. Well, it's good that they were particularly harmful to you, but it's interesting as well to, to contrast that with Mandu about the you know, the, the actual negative effects it, it can have on, on people. Yeah, for sure. I think the stereotypes are always damaging for any community, um, whether they're supposed to be quote-unquote positive stereotypes. <laughs> or uh. it, it can always be damaging, and they're still very prevalent in society today. As Mandy said, they can have horrible effects. But... Can the bisexual community move past these stereotypes or even reclaim them? Someone who thinks so is Jen Winston. She's the author of the book Greedy Notes from a Bisexual Who Wants Too Much, which came out last year and I need to get my hands on a copy of it because that title I'm in love. And just for the avoidance of doubt, we'd like to also debunk a potential stereotype before it even starts spreading. Despite what you've heard in this episode, not all bisexual people are called Jen. The most liberating thing has been realizing that the whole idea of being greedy and confused, like those two main stereotypes, realizing that those aren't necessarily bad things, like they're actually really good things. Like being greedy means getting what you deserve and maybe more because you deserve that too. 
And then being confused is like, when I really thought about it, I was like, oh my God, like I'm a, I'm a bisexual Libra with ADHD. Like being confused is like my like life ideology. Like I, and it's my favorite thing about myself. Like I'm always asking questions. I'm always like weighing options and trying to figure out, like I try trial and error is something I like testing and learning, you know, I, that's a core part of my person. So I've come to really see those things as positives. Um, that's the best part. Okay. So I don't, I don't like to disagree with our contributors often because I think they've all got really valid things to say, but I'm not, I'm not going to disagree. I'm just not going to agree with the comments about greediness and being confused because if Jen wants to own that, that's great. And if that is something that describes Jen and their personality, then awesome, great. But I don't know if saying that from a position of, well, I'm bisexual and I'm confused about stuff. So bisexual equals confused is necessarily the best way to go about having that conversation. I, I think I get what she means. And I think... Jen's not trying to like, you know, speak for all bisexuals. Shivani, I never had you down for a politician. I think that's probably the only time that we've uh, we've had a very politi- politician's answer from you on this podcast. But it's true. Oh my true. God, should I do a career change? Uh, I, I would suggest not. Vote for Shiv. What would be my public policy though? What would be my one? I think I'd go single issue and go really hard on it. Uh, there's so many options for me to go with that one. This is this is a runaway train now. Um, it's either I would want to save the planet, i.e. from the climate destruction that is happening, or I would want to do a mass cull of all the pigeons because I just think there are too many pigeons and they're disgusting and they carry disease and they really creep me out and they're getting too confident. I definitely wasn't expecting it to go that way. Anyway... <laughs> <laughs> it's very often that you have me lost words, Shivani, but apparently this is one of those moments. Alex, um, I'm bisexual and confused. <laughs> <laughs> there we have it. Um, it's really <laughs> funny seeing that Jen's basically putting that PR spin out, though, going, oh, I'm, I'm just going to own, you know, like uh, the crisis people stepping in, being like, yep, so this is actually what you're going to say now. And in this case, Jen, they've decided, okay, I'm actually going to own this. We're going to spin it around. My bisexuality, those negative traits that you used to say about me are now positive ones. Thanks very much. I really like that. I like that approach to it. Yeah, you know what? To be fair, I completely get the wanting to embrace stereotypes, turn them around, flip them on their head, Mm. make them like put your version of what that means on it. And I get that. I'm I'm very pro that. (laughs) <laughs> that's a very political May. answer as well um, no I, to- I totally get it i'm just trying to think about like stereotypes that i like i do this all the time where i like i'll say something and i'll turn it into a joke about my bisexuality or the fact that i'm non-binary or and and a lot of the time those jokes will come from stereotypes and i think it's because i'm claiming them yeah about myself i'm not putting that on a whole community well we said that um, about comedy as well didn't we last last ep- like a couple of episodes ago we were talking about you know the jokes that people would make about lesbians or bisexual people um to kind of like almost take take the mick before someone else can you know get to the punchline before other people do sort of feels like that might be a bit of this you know oh bisexual i'm going to be called greedy or confused so i may as well own those sentiments that people have about me and you know 
kick them where it hurts. <laughs> Just going back to politics, when like a party releases their manifesto with like 20 different points on, nobody calls them confused. There you go. I, I, I think I think we can just highlight the best best quote that I've heard from anyone, which is just <laughs> being confused is my life ideology. That's a good ideology that you can get behind. You know, you're doing a really good job of getting back onto the topic that I'm uh, veering honest, away from. That is that is how I work. <laughs> I'm just like <laughs> it's, it is. To be fair, a very good um, sort of way to live your life by, isn't it? We're going to hear more from Jen in a bit about another stereotype which the bisexual community are battling. But first, it's time for your Virgin Radio Pride weekly update with Daryl Jackson. Thank you. Hello. First this week. Day Gating app Romeo says it received an incredible response after it asked users to help people in Ukraine who may be fleeing the country. The app launched a group called Shelter for Ukraine last week after Russia invaded the country, which quickly gained thousands of members. Aimed at connecting those who can offer shelter and assistance to refugees fleeing the country, Romeo users began offering up their space, rooms or homes across Europe. Well, you can add the Independent Spirit Awards to the list of Vladimir Putin's enemies. The award show wasted little time earlier this week before weighing in on the war in Ukraine with hosts Nick Offerman and Megan Mullally addressing the conflict when the show returned from its first commercial break. Before we keep going, we'd like to take a moment to send our best wishes to those affected by the war in Ukraine and all unjust conflict around the world. I think we speak for everyone here when we say we are hoping for a quick and peaceful resolution. Specifically, off and go home, Putin. Some bad news coming out of Florida this week. Florida's Senate has passed a bill to ban discussions of sexual orientation or gender identity in primary schools. Governor Ron DeSantis is expected to sign the measure, which would ban teachers from teaching these topics to children under 10 years old. And Eddie Redmayne and Emma Corrin are among the actors to be nominated for top accolades at this year's Olivier Theatre Awards. The musical revival of Cabaret, which transformed the West End's Playhouse Theatre into the Kit Kat Club, leads the pack with 11 nominations. That's all for this week. I'll have much more next week. Cheers, Daryl. Now, as we said at the start of the episode, lots of our clips today come from Nikki Hodgson's fantastic Why Buy documentary, which aired on Virgin Radio Pride last year and is available right now on the Pridecast stream. Someone else who spoke to Nikki for the documentary is bisexual activist Lewis Oakley, but we haven't got any clips of him. Can you guess why, Alex? Uh, is it because he's on the Zoom right now waiting for us to have a chat? Spot on, as you said, Alex. Yes. Lewis Oakley is a bisexual activist and writer who is also the co-host of the hit podcast Bisexual Brunch. Can't believe I've not been invited to that yet. He's been shortlisted by the British LGBT Awards 2018 for an outstanding contribution to LGBT plus life and was named runner-up as campaigner of the year at the 2017 Pink News Awards. Also on the front page of an Attitude magazine cover, which is in the corner of his room. And we're delighted to say that he joins us right now. Hi, Lewis. Hello. How are you guys? We're very good. good. Thank you. Very good. Very good. Looking very red on the Zoom, but that's absolutely fine. Um, so 
We've been talking in this episode about coming out. Uh, do you think that the process of coming out is generally harder for bisexual people than other members of the LGBTQ plus community? Well, we don't like to have a, a tit for tat of who's got it harder. I'll say it's unique. Um, <laughs> and I'll say it's unique um, because I think for bisexual people, you're always coming out, right? And you're always defined by your partner. So like, what was it like seven years ago now when I was last with a guy, we would walk down the street holding hands. People would be like, oh, there's a little gay couple. Um, now when I walk down the street stressed out with my kids and my other half, they're like, oh, there's a stressed out straight man. Um, you know, you're, you're always kind of de- defined by that. And so I think we're, we're, you're always kind of, you're never done, right? You're always defined by your partner. And you're never done coming out. Whereas I think for, for, for other people, maybe it's like, well, I'm out now. It's done. What are you going to do? Yeah, I, I totally get that. I'm bisexual as well. And um, I came out to my friends and it was this massive moment for me. And then the next relationship I was in was with a man. So we appeared to be a straight couple. I appeared to be in a straight relationship and be a straight person. And that is just something... All of my friends just couldn't wrap their heads around it. They were like, what's the point of coming out if you're not going to explore the the plethora of options that are available to you and I was like but this is who I want to be with for now didn't last very long um (laughs) but do you find that it's um harder to come out as a bisexual man obviously there's lots of stigma around um bisexual men lots of horrible tropes that we're not going to repeat but knowing my experience of coming out as bisexual and the way that that was received compared to some of my male friends it does appear that there's a different experience. Yeah, for sure. Um, especially in that bisexual men's space. I think um, one of the things that I found really tricky with being bisexual is you kind of feel a bit of guilt because basically it paints a target on people's backs. So I know that when like my fiance and when we first started dating and people would say things to her like, oh, you know, he's going to run off with a man, right? Like, oh, like I remember, apparently there was this once where she was in a gay bar and two gay guys were telling her off. Um, for dating a bisexual man because there's so few men that are attracted to men he could go he'd be put to better use of it with a gay man you know like so it's like and like you know it's like when you own the sexuality you kind of feel like well this is just for me but when you when you bring a straight person in sometimes you kind of feel guilty about it if that if that makes any sense whereas i think for, for gay guys it's like that your boyfriend is going to be a target of homophobia, not because of you, but because he's gay himself. So I feel like there was that always that difference. Um, and I think as well, on the whole coming out as, as a bi man, I think, you know, and I, this is probably the, the main thing I get emails about a lot of the time from younger or even like men in their 40s sometimes, like how do I come out as a bisexual man? Because there is this fear and it's unfortunately like well-founded fear that, well, if someone put it to me, if I come out as bisexual... I know that the majority of women will not want to date me. There are statistics on it. I think something like 64% of women wouldn't date, a, wouldn't date a man that's had sex with another man. Um, if I come out as bisexual and then 64% of women don't want to date me, um, am I not just coming out as gay by default? So there is, there's that element of it, which, you know, and you can't really lie to this. Like, well, yeah, that you know, that we are where we are. There are, there are a lot of women that will be like, you know, and I think it's negative that they're like, you're not man enough or... I think in some ways, maybe when gay people come out, it's kind of they're checking out of, you know, that whole being attracted to women, that whole element. But I think for, for by men, in my experience, it's like, no, but I still want to be seen as attractive to women. So you're kind of like, you know where it's, I think for, for straight women, they can be like, oh, this is my gay friend, you know, 
all that kind of thing. And it's like with a bi guy, it's like, yeah, but I might want to date you. And it's it's kind of like, whoa, wait, this is too close. I don't know. And not for everyone. I'm not trying to paint all women with a brush, but I'm just saying that's a consideration. I think that's something that's like really apparent when there are straight people in that circle, in that conversation, where they can put things in a box um, and say, you're either a man who has the potential to be attracted to me or you're a man who is gay and not attracted to me, but besties, let's go for brunch kind of thing. And these are the two boxes Mm -hmm. that straight women might want to put gay men in. But when a bisexual man enters the conversation, it sort of really confuses them. Um, But do you feel like that happens within the gay community or within the LGBTQ plus community? Do you feel like bisexual people, bisexual identity is taken seriously? Um, no, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I was trying to think of a way to sugarcoat that, but I'm just going to say what I think. No, I don't think it's taken seriously. I have my own personal stories of, um, you know, when I was with my ex-boyfriends for, for years, and um, my gay friends were kind of used to me being with a guy, and then we broke up, and then all of a sudden they saw me kissing girls, and they were absolutely outraged. Like, there was a picture of me that was taken kissing a girl outside a gay club, and they put it on the group chat that I could see and was like, oh my God, a gay guy being seduced outside a gay club, like sinful. Like, and it was like, come on, you know I'm buying if this if the shoe were on the other foot. I think more structurally, and I, I feel like you've got to empathize to understand, right? I'm not all about judging people and calling people horrible people. Like, let's understand where they're coming from. Oh, I am. Let's judge them. <laughs> <laughs> Who's horrible? I'll add them to my list on my phone. <laughs> You've got a list. No, not really. <laughs> not really. <laughs> Love that. So here's what I think. That, and there are statistics about this up that a lot of gay men, especially at a certain time, like things are changing now, so it might be different. But I think a lot of gay men would have identified as bisexual on the way out of the closet. Um, and there, there's basic statistics to say that even though they did that, they didn't. They knew it wasn't true, but it was an easier transition. And I think that what happens, unfortunately, is people come out the other side of that and they're like, I'm gay man now, I, I've accepted myself. And then I rock along, like, I'm bisexual. And I, you get this kind of like, and maybe it does come from a compassionate place, but it's like, oh, come on, you're gayer than me. I remember when I was there being you, one day you'll accept yourself. Um, and that's obviously, you know, not very empathetic. It's also not very true. Um, but I think the wider thing is then you've got that kind of attitude in LGBT groups making decisions. They've stopped counting it now, um, but there were there were really good statistics until a couple of years ago of how much money was being spent by LGBT groups on bisexual issues. And it basically was about 1% in 50 years, mm. which was ridiculous. I wrote a lot of articles on the time and then suddenly they don't track it anymore. So, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying it's a conspiracy at all, um, but... But yeah, so, you, you know, you and you've got to think, well, if, if you've got people in the LGBT space that don't really think bisexuality is a thing, that are then becoming decision makers, that are then thinking, not going to waste any time on that. Is it any wonder that statistically being bisexual is not becoming a better experience? We still rank lower for health, mental health, poverty, for coming out. It's like nothing's changing. How is that possible? Of course. Um, and it's interesting, you know, speaking about the, judgment aspects you know of people inside the community outside the community the mix between the both let's talk now about stereotypes and you covered one there you know bisexuality is a stepping stone uh what's what do you think about the the stereotypes of you know 
bisexual people are greedy or promiscuous or confused. And are there any other stereotypes that you faced regularly? Yeah, it's a weird one, right? People have these preconceived notions. I don't know where they come from. I would love to know where they come from, like genuinely, like for science, I would love to know. (laughs) It's like, but your your knowledge of bisexuality is so infinitely small that your one nugget is we're greedy. That makes no sense. Mm -hmm. Especially as someone that is bisexual and probably think that, you know, I'm probably attracted to less people than your average gay or straight person. It makes me more picky, not less. Like, yes, I may be attracted to more than one gender, but I'm still only attracted to about 2%. (laughs) You're attracted to the most attractive people of the genders. Exactly. My, 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 my standards are sky high. So this whole, um, anyway, I think to your point on what are the other ones, I think one of the ones that got me and one of the things that I think eggs me on most, because I was, I feel like as you are accepting yourself, that there is a time where you're just not ready to stand up for yourself. And I will never forget, um, one of my ex-boyfriend's friends who obviously will not be named, um, basically said to me, oh, bisexual, come on though, you don't know any 30-year-old bisexuals though, do you? You'll have to think eventually. And I was so unconfident at the time, didn't know where I was or what I was saying. I was like, yeah, I guess so. And it pains me to this day that I didn't say something I probably couldn't say on air in this interview. Um, (laughs) Thank you. But it really eggs me on (laughs) to be like, you know, here I am, a dad of two. I'm exhausted. I had two hours sleep last night. But I'm still making the time to come and be vocal about bisexuality as as someone that's aging because it's important because it's important that people don't think this is just a young person phase and and you eventually settle down with a woman and that's it and your hormones just magically turn off i think it's maybe because we live in a straight culture and they lie to themselves and pretend that when they get married that they have no hormones anymore and they, they just have eyes for each other like you can you can practice monogamy and also notice that the person will get past you in the street as well um and then I would also say there's probably something in the bisexual in the bisexual community, in the LGBT community, around bisexuals don't have it that bad. Oh, well, you you know, are you really facing stigma? What's your problem? Um, and I think that's really rude because, as I say, it's not about having this who's got it harder pyramid of, you know, pain. Like, bisexuals suffer in very different ways. And, you know, I could reel off statistics for the rest of this interview of how hard we've got it and how bad things are. Um, and it's just unique ways that, that that we need to look at and to look at how we improve things. Yeah, I totally agree with that. It's like a nuanced experience because there are elements of the lesbian and the gay struggle that bisexual people experience, but also there is the element of the bisexual thing, like how that how how overlapping kind of a straight world and a gay gay or queer world is seen in society, and it's still not really considered to be a thing so much i mean you're living in a you're living in a relationship with a woman and do people seem to read you differently your friends perhaps or family do they seem to think that you're over the bisexuality or do they know better than to think that well no i don't think they could think that because i am who i am i'm always topless with like bisexuality <laughs> scrawled over my chest like <laughs> hit follow about- on instagram yeah <laughs> so i i i'm a, too much of a motor mouth about it for i think anyone to think that but it is something that a lot of um older so i have a column called ask a by dad um and basically one of one of the regular questions i get is from people that are in relationships um you know in their 40s and kind of feeling like i, I can't i can't i don't know how to connect with this community i don't know how to kind of 
display my sexuality, but also there's way more to me than my sexuality. So I don't want to always be like you, Lewis, like walking around. Do, do you know I'm bisexual? Do you know I'm bisexual? Excuse me, excuse me. Like we don't want to do that. Um, you know, and, and that's fine. I, and I think it's all about people finding unique ways. There was this one woman, I mean, this could have been complete coincidence that I saw um, like a few days ago on the, on the school run and she had bisexual trainers, like the bisexual flag as trainers. And I was like, I was like thinking to myself, nice bit of bi-visibility there, but also it could have been a complete coincidence. You might just be <laughs> kind of crazy person. So I'm not going to compliment your shoes, but you know, th- there are different ways that you can find to kind of honor it. Um, you know, even if it's like, in my house, it's like, you know, I've got loads of bisexual paraphernalia up on the walls and stuff. Have my attitude cover on the wall just there. Oh, I know this is a this is a, a, that's a flex. A, that is a quite flex. a flex, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but, <there's, laughs> but you know, there's different ways, and it's about finding the way that you're comfortable with. You know, of course, um, it's it's nice that you're able to spot the little bits of potential potential representation. So I have one final question for you, which is talking about that representation. Why do you think? bisexual people are so underrepresented despite being such a large majority of the lgbtq plus community i think it's it's because so few are out right yeah. and it depends what statistics you look at like it, it's literally charted all the way from like sort of like 12 percent of bisexual men are out of the closet to you know i'm newer statistics place it a little bit higher than that um, but then you've got to think there are certain people that will answer an anonymous survey and say, yes, I'm bisexual, but you know, they're not going to be out on social media channels and stuff like that. And I get a lot of that. I, you know, there are some people I know that are quite active in the bisexual space. I'm like, let's get a picture. They're like, Oh no, like I'm not out online, you know, stuff like that. So I think that there is just, that there's always going to be this thing. And I was looking at some of the, the most recent like TV depictions of male bisexuality. Like there's now, um, what's that called? The peacekeeper, um, superhero uh, the superheroes like love to do a bit of bisexual there's like there's that one there's low-key and stuff like that and i was reading an article today it's like why is it always hinted at it's like bisexuals are meant to get really excited like oh they hinted in one episode in one scene that you know they might be open to men but it also could have been completely interpreted as a joke it's like we should have better it should be better than that it should be a bit more blatant like i, I actually thought lucifer did quite a job but a good job but um you know that was like the devil is that, is that the best <laughs> representation we've got like, so I think that there's way more to be done. And I, I, I just don't understand. I feel like I'm living in a time war. Like Sarah Jessica Parker, for instance, is literally like um, doing all the shows at the moment. I was making a joke about this the other day. Like she's literally just finished recording Sets of the City and then she went to Hocus Pocus 2. And like, we've got the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air back on. It's like, <laughs> literally they've all run out of ideas. Everyone's going back to what they were doing in the 90s. Back to the so 90s. No one's getting fresh ideas. I'm like, Tell bisexual stories, they're so interesting. Oh my God, I have some scandalous stories I could tell you. Back when I was single and bisexual, you wouldn't believe the things that happened. Tell these stories, I will write them for you. Amazing. We'll, we'll put um, put your contact details down below in the show links in case any uh, TV or film producers want to get in touch. I would be there to help. <laughs> the Virgin Radio Pridecast. Thank you so much, Lewis, for chatting to us. And if you want to find out more about his work, you can visit lewisoakley.com. That's Lewis with a W. Or find him on Twitter at Louis Oaks. And don't worry, we'll put all these links in the show description too. Now, we heard from author Jen Winston before about some of the common stereotypes that they face as a bisexual person. But let's hear from them again to finish off this episode, this time on the misconception that everyone is bisexual. Yeah, I think I think the hardest part is is still 
that misconception that you're asking for attention. And then the other one I would say is the misconception that like everyone is bisexual. Like I've, I've told a lot of people that I'm bi and they're like, oh, I have this theory that like everybody's bi. And they, they say it in a way that's intended to be like affirming, but how it ends up feeling is like, you don't need to be talking about this. Like this isn't important enough to talk about. And I think that especially as we're seeing more and more people coming out as bisexual, which is awesome. I think that that kind of is the underlying narrative of that. It's like, oh, everybody's bi these days. Like that, that silences bi people from coming out. I think it's fair to say, as we've learned from that clip, and as we spoke about a little earlier on in this episode, that people support sometimes just doesn't go the way they may have intended. Yeah, I totally get you. And I completely agree with this. And and the fact that there's such a lack of visibility in queer spaces of bisexual people. Mm-hmm. And that then compounds like the stereotypes people might have because they might not know that they know anybody by when actually they probably statistically do. <laughs> but what I found really hard to wrap my head around is when I was like, oh, yeah, there's a word for what I am and it's bisexual. And I was like really happy identifying with this word. And now I probably use a different word. I probably use queer a little bit more. But still, like bisexual is still a word that I would use to describe myself. Yeah. And when I when I realized that there was this word and this is how I identified and the world is actually like amazing and, and beautiful because I was I stopped being confused when I realized I was bisexual. Basically, I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, this is the thing. It's that conclusion, isn't it? Yeah. But I, I had this like weird thing where I was like, how is everybody not experiencing what I'm experiencing? Like, how is everybody not bisexual? Because that to me is just what life is. Like, you know, you know, when you try and write with your left hand, if you're right handed and you're like, oh my God, how do people do this? I don't understand it. It makes my brain hurt and my hand gets tired after two minutes yes it's it's, it's a little it's a little bit like that like not fully understanding that experience and i I couldn't fully understand the experience of a straight person or a gay person because i'm bisexual yeah and as what a weird analogy uh, yeah i I, (laughs) first what a weird analogy and two yeah this is so true the idea that you are suddenly you've got this word that describes it and it feels so natural to you so why isn't everyone doing it you know it's it's the in thing but it is a misconception you know and it is a it is a a sort of damaging misconception that we can sometimes have towards bisexual people because as you say it goes back to what we discussed before the normalization versus the minimalization you know why are you talking about this because actually this is a thing that you know most of us have had it that's what it can kind of feel like to those who've just plucked up the courage to to come out and i have you know i i was really appreciative when i came out as as gay like the the fact that i didn't have you know a, a big shock factor to it when i eventually came out but i did sometimes when people were like oh I knew it all along it's those those sorts of comments that I know people were trying to be supportive when they said them, but they just didn't really help, even if they were completely accurate. And you probably could have told it, you know, staring at me from a blooming helicopter over London, you <laughs> probably would have been able to spot me dazzling along like a unicorn. But it would have been quite nice to not have had that. And I, I can just appreciate from Jen's perspective and other Jen's perspective 
And was there another gen on this podcast? Probably other gen's perspective and Lewis's perspective that actually it's not the greatest thing, not, not the greatest support thing that someone could say. You know what is a really good way to support somebody when they come out? It's something that my friend did when I was really in my early days, probably like hadn't used the word bisexual out loud. He was like one of the first people I came out to. And he and I were walking through the middle of town on our way to get some food. And I was like, I need to say something to you. Let's sit on this bench. And we sat on this bench and I said, look, here's the thing. I think I'm bisexual. I'm probably bisexual. Basically, I'm trying to tell you I'm bisexual. And he <laughs> said, okay, how about Nando's for lunch? <laughs> and that was, that was like, it, it was like, okay, great. We're going to obviously talk about this a little bit more, but I need some food inside me before I can be the supportive friend that you want me to be. And he's been so supportive. He's been such a good friend. And he like doesn't get it because he's a straight man. And he he's like, oh yeah, I can see why you fancy women. I fancy women, but I can't see why you fancy men. But I get that some people like men. So I guess <laughs> it's a thing, apparently. Rumors have it. Yes, um, but it can was, confirm it was the really, truth. <laughs> It was a really good, um, a really good experience of coming out and just like an initial reaction. And this person is somebody who I think if you said, oh, what's the best way to come out and like accept that news from somebody? How do you support someone? He, I don't think he would have like something that he's spent hours thinking about and researching. I Pulls think out a 42 it... <laughs> page document. Oh, I've, here's something I made earlier. I think, but I just think it was like a friend wanting to be there for a friend as a friend. And I think I could have said basically anything and he would have been like, great, let's go get Nando's. As long as you're happy, let's do it. Like, I like that. Wanted to be there as a friend. As long as he's not hungry. <laughs> We've all got <laughs> our fair. limits, hun. Yeah, to be fair, that is very accurate. I think I'm going to send him this, uh, this and be like, I was talking about you. And he will be like, you know what? To be fair, that's an accurate description of me. <laughs> I basically think if I'm ever going to give support to a friend in the future, I'm just going to ask them, you know, to just check in, not whether I've got the capacity to deal with it, but just whether I'm hungry or not. I think that's a very good, I think that's a very good mantra to live by. Uh -huh. And that's pretty much all we've got time for in part one of our exploration into bisexuality. So we've looked at coming out as bisexual and some of the stereotypes which bisexual people face in their day-to-day -day lives. And next week, we'll be looking at the term bisexual itself as well as representation in the media. Before then, though, if you'd like to get in touch with us about anything we've discussed, you can email us on pridecast at virginradio.co.uk. Or you can tweet us at virginradiouk, remembering to use hashtag virginradiopridecast. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Do you get it? Bye. 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 Like, bye. bye. Very good. <laughs>